Before we start, this is a disclaimer. This podcast episode and the entire season two may contain triggers for certain people. It is important to note that I and my guest have no intention of triggering or hurting anyone with our topic and points of discussion. Thank you. Hey, hey, welcome back to On The Edge Podcast. Usai with the tokam like I am the doing. On today's episode, we'll be talking about the gray area of consent. Usai, we're going to talk about the nuances and complexities of consent and how society attitude and stereotypes then the, see the way they will they address consent and, and areas of sexual assault. With me here are my guests, um... Juliet. Hey, hi. And Rose. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for being here. And they are here to help shed a better light in the conversation. Thank you for having me. Thank yes. you for having me. So um, before we start, I would like us to define consent. So now to forgive me on my own definition of consent. Who wants to go first? Well, I can try. I will say... Um, I would say consent, really. Consent, you, you've been, I think so, been mentioned just now, so you know, something like an agreement. Mm-hmm. But I think consent's not for just like when you, if, especially in a position, Usai, you're about to be intimate or you want to be intimate with the person. Now for just like checking in or make sure this person agree with waiting, waiting or not want to do together. You know, understand. For mm-hmm. example, you're not going to just go put your hand, palm, you're not going to begin to touch somebody. When you don't know if this person agree or not, you need to be aware of this, the, the, the next person and whether this person yes, so wants to allow you for putting hands on them or do whatever. And even when um, your partner or whoever actually agree to certain acts, it not necessarily means they, that consent they, they cover other acts. You understand? Mm-hmm. So, so, like in a sexual scenario, like just because you do one act, not necessarily means that you get the right to do another act. That's why I guess you always need for the check-in. Are you okay with this? Is this what you want? Okay. You, like it's that removing the um, the thing about entitlement. You get for remove that from the situation that you're not entitled to this person. You understand? So you need for respect that person. Okay. Okay. Juliet. Ah. Uh, I have a very similar understanding of, you know, consent wherein when it comes to everything, whether sexual activity, whether it's you, whether I get for come to little things about even conversations, you get for engage in anything with another person freely. You have got to want to be part of it and the person so it's either you verbally agree to it or you use body language to show that you, you've agreed to it. Even though when it comes to body language, you know, um, there are also, there are layers to it because, you know, sometimes you think about the issue of something, power play. Um, you think about whether you're performing consent, but then in the literal sense of the word, you have to engage freely in whatever it is where you engage in with somebody else it has to be something you want to be part of okay okay so from those two definitions then 
I want to talk about how consent can be different from agreements. Because I don't see, I follow a lot of feminist pages and all that sort of stuff. And there is this one time where um, there was a video where they say, like, if the woman don't say no, like, no, no, for some time, and she uh, agrees at the end, that's not consent, that is still rape, right? Is that it? It, it? I think the word for it is coercion. Because you coerce the person for say yes. The yes not come off from, you know, like a like in desire for say yes, but it come up from you threatening her, that kind of way. Because you, you don't show off this like threatening, uh, whether or not your body language or like, you're simply not taking no for an answer. Like she's saying no over and over again. And it's like, you're not hearing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we put them in a position where it not gets no choice, but to say yes, then that is coercion. And, and that is also rape. Because the person need for, in, in an area of consent, the person need for gets the option. If the option of no is not there, then that is that is not consent. Yeah, that's true. The option of no has to always be there. Uh, I, I think this can be challenging a bit, especially the, especially the idea behind this episode of the podcast is the gray areas of consent. And the reason why I feel this can be challenging is because we have certain forms of conditioning. As women, we're conditioned to say, you should not give sex like that. Mm-hmm. The, the man get for buy you, buy you. The man get for beg you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there are situations where you may want to have sex, but because you don't want to create a perception so you easy forget, mm-hmm. you tend to play hard to get. Mm. And so you hold on to yes, hold on to, hold on to yes. And at some point you're like, okay, you know, you give in whether, you know, body language you give in. So the challenge with that is where when I create that pattern day, the first time this happens, it takes a while and then you finally give in. Mm. And then maybe along the way you make a, a, a statement to say, oh, now I make something the first way, you know, we get sex and not just jump for them because me not a free person. I mean, we've heard those, yeah. those statements many times. And the challenge becomes you get to a point where you really do not want to engage in sex. But because you have you have sort of set set um, created a space or set a, a, an impression wherein you need to beg. Mm. And this time around where you did beg, I really did not want to have sex, but then he's interpreted it because of the kind of pattern. Mm. So this can be a challenge. And it's one of the reasons why when I have these conversations, whether it's to people my age, older people, younger people, we cannot talk about women's liberation and empowerment without talking about women being sexual beings. And it's okay for you to own that. Right. If you have sexual feelings, these are part of your body. Right. You you have permission. You have to give yourself permission to embrace it, to say, I am having sex because I am choosing to have sex in this moment. So when you don't want to have sex, you're not inconsistent with the with the cues that you're given. Okay. And I think that's another interesting thing because sometimes, like, um, well, for example, if the guy don't use for big, like, like we explained, mm-hmm. and then you meet an, uh, 
you, you meet another girl or you get another partner where mm-hmm. you know in when you say yes you mean yes like that yeah. so you don't even know and then she's saying no he cannot interpret no, what no, is happening yes. yeah you know so okay. i think so then they also can lead to something very dangerous where yeah exactly yeah, yeah. makes and sense because you don't you don't use some you don't use some yeah, yeah. Exactly. And also to add on this, I think that is why it's very important that as 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 individuals, you understand yourself. You go in for people that aligns, people whose whose beliefs, ideas, and perspective about life aligns with yours. Because if you, as a woman, you have to sit and think about if I have sex today, he would consider me free. Or if I have sex with him at the earliest time, would just me to go consider me free. You need to be with people who understands that you're a full human being as he is. So you're not negotiating your sexual desires or your sexual pleasure. And he also understands that when once we decide to engage in this activity, it's you and I. These are whether it's two people or how many people are deciding to engage in that. These are people who understand that they're choosing to do this then they think about what would he think about me? What would society? And I mean, it's a long way to go. Now, he make, I mean, podcasts like this are very important that we have to come and talk about agreement and consent and also to, to sort of emphasize on what we said earlier about um, a situation where you've been coerced. Then they, they happen beaucoup. So it's not like, well, I make reference to this. So, you know, it's now a free pass for men to say, well, okay, well, now then they make me, I didn't coerce Anna because of the pattern. Say. You have situations where you're being coerced and you feel like say, you need to have sex out of obligation. Say, because you're in a relationship, it's a must that you should have sex, whether or not you're in the mood, whether or not you're enjoying it, whether or not you feel like doing it. So yeah, definitely coercion comes into that instead of agreement or... Okay, okay. So when I think so like power imbalances them, they play a role in this consent dynamic, especially like gender and socioeconomic status of people there. Like for example, let's say in the workplace, the boss or lecturer department mm-hmm. type of thing. So is that a when I think so so idea? It works like that. In the context of Sierra Leone, I would say definitely with a lot of emphasis on it's definitely happening. And, the, you know, when it comes to socioeconomic empowerment, we see our women, they, they lag behind in, on that. Men still hold power, men still control resources. Whether nah, from the lowest class to the highest class, you would still find more men who are controlling the resources. And many times, because you not get money, you find yourself in that situations where power has to play. Yeah. You find yourself having sex, not because you want to have sex, but because you feel compelled in those moments to have sex. If you're a student, you find yourself feeling as though if you don't get sex with your lecturer, the lecturer gets enormous power and then it will just you know, sort of victimize you. So in when it comes to power playing as Salulek, it is so there. It is like we see it, we live with it, we feel it. It also we turn at this country because of course when it comes to economic status, women are still the like right dong the the ladder. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I think you just cover that because um, at this point I can always think about that power dynamically and how we can possibly get out of it. Um, for me. The only um, 
like the only way I can see a woman then will get better. I don't think I don't know if we absolutely get out of it. But the only way how we can get better is through education and through like um we raising our economic status that is like we yeah. we're getting more and more independent and educated. So that's we're not always there in, in this um position where basically we're at a disadvantage always and we just stay in a position where we need for the always like water down our yeses and, and our noes mm-hmm. because we need to give in yeah. all the time. So mm-hmm. for me, I, I don't know if we can think of any other um, solution to this because apart from um, education and like being independent and raising up our economic value. You know, um, I'm thinking about even being economically independent. We still see women who are financially independent and they find themselves in these positions where they have to say yes. Yeah. So I think we could obviously make a lot of progress with women and get money for able to make decisions for and about themselves. But then we also have to say, I, I, I think I'll put more emphasis to education. Because you need to have that knowledge to say, I can negotiate. I can negotiate this. I am okay. I am in an environment where I can say no. And then that nothing will come back for affects me. My partner would understand, say, this is no. So it means education for both women and men. Uh-huh. Yeah. For both women and men. And there are certain things that money cannot give to you. Integrity. And you respecting people's boundaries. There is no amount of money where you get. In fact, you see the people don't get money and they go and abuse people, their boundaries all over the place. So, so even when women do not have money, if people are educated to understand that you need to respect others, you need to respect them boundary, you need to respect this person and say, I want to have sex now. She doesn't want to have sex. And don't push for it. And we get this world where in, you know, where I think it, it's very manipulative women use blue balls. Mm, yeah. And it's not to say the idea of blue balls, no, it's not realistic, it's there, but I think it's over-exaggerated. The, the whole thing about, oh, when you get bluebell, you're not going to die. Exactly. And I think another problem with that um, could be where in something, again, back to what I said earlier, where you know for sure, say, you're easily accessible or you easy forget as a woman. You probably lead the man on and then in the middle, you stop. It's mm-hmm. fine. If you have genuine, just the fact that you don't feel like, it's fine. But I think in a situation where you have a relationship, you just see them and then trying to turn your partner on and then left him in the middle of and just maybe to sort of um, stroke your ego that you can do it or then you could just... I mean, the gray areas were concerned. It's, they're very gray. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot find a middle ground sometimes in these issues. And I would definitely, obviously, all the time preach against wherein... You feel like, say, you're supposed to get sex with somebody when they're not giving you consent. But sometimes the context, the context are different, you know. And then I think it's also very important for to sort of unpack the context and see whose area you could fit into this. And I, I think uh, one more thing we say about power, the thing about um, power for 
economic status is that well it'll give you two things it either give you um the power we go get over other people or abuse other people or it give you freedom you understand mm. so apart from the education and the education is extremely important but even people there will be highly educated they know exactly what we're saying yeah they don't care you know why because you get this um global phenomenon where men in general they think that they're absolutely better than women mm-hmm. you understand mm-hmm. so you then get a like unequal mindset yeah. you understand so like everything we go they say oh we need for be respected and we need for be this and we need for be that so them it's not it's not something that, that that is their priority you understand so even with their education they understand mm-hmm. that it's not like they don't understand but you know for them they will always try to find a loophole like make some things that yeah. they cannot do them out in public yes. they only do them outside in the before i oh my god yes <laughs> and, and, and 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 to add to that they i think in simple in simple term that is patriarchy yes that is the world where in you know men are taught to to dominate men are taught to to get away with things without consequences men are taught to be hard you know and then women are, women are supposed um, women are meant to be weak and objectified and subjugated so in 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 simple terms that's patriarchy right there where men see themselves to be superior and then women have to be and feel inferior in that world mm-hmm. okay so um or I can I can see cases them of me can see this thing the consent lack of understanding consent as the fact that um our society does not teach us at a young age consent and the attitudes of societal people the attitudes and stereotypes they they all they contribute to this not on fully understanding consent for example like um let's say a man and a woman boyfriend and girlfriend and the, the woman they always feel say like the man for always ready for gam sex mm-hmm. even though in order in the mood same thing with the man and the woman and even self in marriages where that's why most cases of domestic violence and rape in marriages they not be, be they be reported because when they go tell the family or person or say you man you understand yeah, you're supposed to Yeah so um I go allow discuss on that the, the societal attitudes them on on the consent. I'm glad about that because um I can always think about I can always think about the subject and uh one thing we don't notice for example if we want to talk about education in schools mm-hmm. one thing we don't notice um obviously we all go school and you know we were all kids like even when picking them they they grow up and especially teenagers they wouldn't they begin to learn about their bodies and about sex and everything mm-hmm. the things they wouldn't they learn they usually um patriarchal values and and um sexism and then kind of they they begin practicing at that young age you know they go begin like tease girls the boys and go begin tease girls mm-hmm. all kind mm-hmm. funny we can we can have school funny scandalous stories yeah. that can even come out yeah even the language bobby basha you know i look what you waste make so i think yeah when you talk about us growing up and then yeah so you see that the i mean so these are things that that we like children they catch on really quickly and then it, it doesn't stop it just they go on and on from there 
you know? Mm. Now you make even, you will have teenagers committing sexual assault. Yeah. You understand? Mm. Why? Who said they learn of one? From with society. Because with society, you know, they teach them this idea of consent. Yeah. I don't think, say, um, when we do sex education in school, this topic not ever come up. Usaigo, because I think so that the first thing that they were for begin teach. Yeah, before exactly. you even talk about the um the body parts yeah, and how everything. The, body works the first and thing all. you need for say is that yes, there are differences. This is the, the boy, this is the girl. Certain things in they were not supposed to do. You're not supposed to talk to each other like that. You're not supposed to touch each other like that. I think so that I, I've never heard of any school or any program like teaching kids. You know, because mm-hmm. that is the first step. Because we don't teach them about sex itself and blah, 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 and then continue to learn about societal values on the very subject. They don't have the education to teach them that some things are wrong. Girls are absolutely not there for your sexual pleasure. Mm-hmm. Girls are more than that. You understand? Mm-hmm. All them kind of things. And boys are not um, supposed to be aggressive towards you. Yeah, that is not supposed to be accepted like they're that. also not supposed to always want to have sex exactly then you meet women where they meet men that are asexual or they're not particularly interested in sex even though they're not asexual and you tend to laugh at them you know but also they're also very very simple ways of teaching consent even before you get to the school where you pick in go for go take other person toy and then the the picking need for us can I ha- can I play with you can yeah. I play with your toy and you find in most cases where some say the other picking on one for make them play with in toy mm-hmm. then the other problem or you two you two sabi your property you two this is a basically even in those moments you could teach a very important element like consent mm. and when we have our children whether a boy or a girl Pussy one for play with her, big pussy one for play with her, and then the picking not once for go, you force the child. So from small, we don't begin to tell picking and say, I don't get the agency. Mm. From small, we don't begin to push them. So you need to be okay with people touching you. Mm. You need to be okay with people wanting to talk to you. You need to be okay with sharing your food. You don't want to, you don't have to. These are very simple ways we could teach consent from very small to the point that they get to school. Imagine the the very early stages we're in. We're very intentional about teaching religion. So if we make this subject an important part of the growing up of children, a lot of the problems that we're having now, we're not going to get them. You know, when you small person want for play with you, you don't want to play. It's fine. Person can for can touch you. You need to check in with your child. If you're not okay going to that person, whether this person are the nicest person, are the, are the, it's okay. You don't want to go to them because then you grow up as adults. You begin for people, please. You begin to find yourself in sexual relations that you don't want to be in. You begin to find yourself having sex, fancy way, you know, they even enjoy. Exactly. And you don't feel like you could negotiate or you could say, oh, no, I don't want to have it. And quite honestly, for people who can say no to sex, to their partners, it's a privilege. Now, one part, like, 
it's one of those things you tell yourself that you have a privilege to be able to negotiate sex, to be able to say no to your partner. Because with society, and it's also when it comes to like, when we talk about sexual penetration, when we talk about sexual or sexual violence generally, that is when the subject of consent comes up. But from very small, there are simple ways how we could begin to teach children about consent. And that way they make sure, say, the picking get agency. So you as an adult... No, they feel safe because you know, picking you have the rights to speak to the child that way, to touch the child, or for eat the picking. You see, that's why you know, picking they eat and something one big person just can't pass. Mm. You see, the beef you take once, <laughs> 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 yes, yes. you know, that's why they eat you, they keep you. The beef now it lasts you, they can't too. Yes, exactly. And you just find yourself that you cannot, you cannot like speak up for yourself, you cannot, you cannot challenge it. You have to suck it in. In fact, what you carry, then they give you two, three, Anna. Exactly. Say so you're too greedy. Exactly. Can you imagine? Exactly. You're too greedy. So, th- I mean, I think when you look at how we've been raised in that sense, it's problematic. Because then, when you're big, you feel entitled, as you earlier said. You feel entitled. You just take it. And even the language when it comes to when women are women are engaging in sex, it, it's, it's oh, you they give sex. You're yeah. not giving. You did so give sex, and so that's why, from a very young age, you don't begin to think of okay, well, the man do I get for sleep with? They all need for dinner in one hand. In fact, in upper past two, <laughs> <laughs> and then we're in upper past two. And one of the things that I've seen, um, that I see happen around now, way for any boy for really need to in upper past two, they tell us, oh, you know, the second person I don't sleep with. So, but even when it gets to, <laughs> for those who are particularly interested in counting and getting their body counts together. So even if sometimes you don't reach like 20, you're still on two. Because, you know, the idea of they're taking your value away yeah. from you. From small, they don't begin to inculcate that they into, into a condition we for begin to think that way. Yeah, wow. And I think I'm really glad you brought that up as well. Because um, when an organization like sure you say, oh, your value is between your legs, then at the same time, they, it's like they don't teach the boys that her value is between her legs. So like you go back and last year you didn't have school, you go back and one with those guys in Nakuis, then kind of and then all the boys will laugh. You know, that yeah. kind of funny, funny situations and whatnot. And um Mickey always say, like, no, you you are valuable because you are valuable, you know? Like your value your value is not in any particular body part. It's your whole being. You're valuable from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. You, you understand what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if people then they actually, if we've been actually teach this. Yeah. For for such a, a young age, we teach the the concept of consent to children and teenagers. By the time they grow up, then go get then go know exactly what for doing, how for behave, and then certain behaviors then will be stopped. Yeah. When you see somebody behaving in a certain way, especially when they begin for um, behave sexually towards their their company, they can tell and say, actually stop. Um, having sexual feelings is not a bad thing. But you must learn how to control and respect others, even with your sexual feelings. That person, they're not obligated for, um, for satisfy your sexual feelings or for even take notice of your sexual feelings. You understand? That person, they're not obligated. You need to learn the emotional maturity that comes with it. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. So I think so there's small, small things and they... You know, you're teaching it. So yeah, yeah, which, exactly. yeah, because it goes a really long way. Look at our society now. Yeah. You know, the things then the um the things then the sexism and whatnot where we all got to learn. And I make the society day how we do so. 
So if you can teach that to your kids, the patriarchal values and sexism and all that, if you can switch up and bring in better values, then the society as it is will definitely change. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another problematic societal attitude is how when we raise the boys to say, are you a gay for big, gay for like woman, the woman they were gay for they be a new. Exactly. And... Uh, and then when, you know, growing up as well, if you're particularly very quiet, you woman then get for foolish you. A man not for this. So. I think that's in itself from where you're small, then they look mm-hmm. this sexual about Ah, this you lip here. So woman, and obviously you don't play with, play with girls like that. But then that's the problem. You raise, we raise boys to sort of, they need for be womanizer. From a very early age, you know, and even when you knock the woman in ways, for example, as you made, it's okay that all of them would laugh. No one will challenge our boys to say, no, you know, for behave so to, to the woman. But then you look at the girls, where sometimes you're someone who has confidence and then sometimes you look for where short thin as speaking. They begin to sexualize you. They begin to objectify you. They begin to raise concerns with that. So it's just so problematic how the men boy picking and girl picking. Because our ways of raising... It's worlds apart. Mm-hmm. And so we not get common ground. Mm-hmm. And when we grow up, it becomes sexual violence. Because men have been raised to, to feel, yes, to feel like they have access to our bodies. We have been told we're supposed to protect our bodies. Mm-hmm. And that we know for, we shouldn't allow men to touch us at more. Then we have all of these issues. Because if you don't condition them for many years, they feel entitled to you. And then you are pulling back. You're not okay with this. Not so like say anybody raised with for be sexual beings. To, to be able to, to express yourself that. So when you deny sex to the man, he feels entitled. And it's supposed... This is why we have all of the sexual violence issues. The ways of raising boys and girls worlds apart. Okay. Um... So I'll really talk about um, this issue of drug um, and alcohol use, where the impacts we have um, ability for give and understand consent, because there are certain um, issues and certain things that were yeah, way then they were like group of friends at a club, the woman, so I one or two women there among them, and because of the alcohol or the drugs where they don't take, and they are drunk and they. You begin to touch them, and they're not either they're not give consent, or even if they say yes, or even they count on to you. I don't hear him and they say, but now count on to me that next day. Me not do nothing. I not be the day when I be the first to self for me, and she was drunk. You understand? So um, I want to actually tell the man they say. When I tell the man they say, when we are out with them, and when we are out having fun, we are drunk and all. We not give them that consent they for let them take advantage of we because most of the thing then can want for take advantage of we and then the the rape cases then can happen more if I think about very that. predatory isn't it yes, because then they the look then they try for um catch you when you're most vulnerable exactly when yes. they know say okay this is the they in the most vulnerable state you know they really um the mindsets right now not like one hundred percent you know like as strong as she would be if she wasn't under the influence of something. You understand? And, like, actually, Danny don't even, like, happen to me a few times. Like, I go there at a party, maybe they think I'm drunk. 
but I'm just quiet. <laughs> understand. I, yeah, so I'm, you know, I don't get several people come up to me once here with cops, like maybe at a party. Yeah, drink this. And I'm like, no, what's that? And the moment we stop them, like whatever joy them in their own, whether they jump, jump around, when they say you actually get clarity, then back off. They're like, oh, she's not in a vulnerable state that I can try to take advantage. It's very predatory and it's very um, like deliberate because they know what they're doing. Yeah. They're not going to try to touch you or whatever. If you were not in that state where they think, say, you might not remember or you don't know what's going on. You know what I mean? So like, there are um, situations that they don't notice a few times. And then it, it's just it's just for me, now one of the most like disgusting situations then, you know, because they go really, really, they wait for you. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's predatory. It's it's really one of those disgusting situations. I, I really can just get angry about. Um, since we're looking at the nuances of this, I am thinking about a situation. I mean, obviously what you have said is completely valid. Like you shouldn't have sex with anyone when they're under the influence of anything. The moments where your judgment has been impaired. You should not have sex with that person, except in the situation maybe you have a sexual relation. Even at that, even even at even that. in those situations, you know. But then I'm thinking about a situation where, um, an example that that we we come to mind now. Now we something, a guy and I are flirting, and we've been on this for a while, and. We go out to have drinks, or maybe I come over and I'm in place for get drinks. And both of us are drinking, and both of us are drunk. And then one thing leads to another, we have sex. And so that issue comes up. Then the question of rape comes up. Now I'm thinking about that gray area. Because then you're thinking, okay, both of you two were drunk. So I guess in my understanding of consent and and also maybe being a lawyer, uh, my advice generally would be to not do it as the man. Because tell you the poof, say, I was drunk, she was drunk. And that issue they come up, like you would have lost so much. Mm-hmm. So I could think about that. But then, you know, when we just look at the levels of um the issue of consent, right? You two are drunk. What happens? You two are drunk, you two are having sex, and then the woman in the morning says, Oh, I have been raped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, we have seen cases like that. And I've also been questions very similar to this has been posed to me to say, what if the woman be lie? And the reason why most of the time I don't give into those questions. Nah, nah, because when you look at the number, it is still very low of the woman there with the lie. And it's also not to say if you get, if there are situations where, you have pointers. You get things where they indicate. Say really and truly, this person has a way. This allegation there against wasn't there. You could make logical sense of it. 
I don't think you're supposed to go on for back the woman and say, okay, well, we have to give in, right? Because there are also situations where sometimes it's possible that the person will lie. I'm yes. mindful when I'm saying this mm-hmm. because, as I say, when those questions come up, it's basically to shut the conversation. But again, because we're talking about the gray areas, I think it's also very important to highlight that then situations then they will come up. But it would be difficult for you as the man for proof. So the best thing, especially where you don't have a sexual relationship with this person, you two have just been flirting. It's very important that you try to stay sane. It's very important that you be able to make that decision to say, no, let me wait until we're both. We all today at a place where we could make a decision. We're not going to come back for hunt me. Because you also don't want, in fact, we man get even like fit for to have sex with I don't even understand it. Because when you're having consensual sex with someone and you know this person is enjoying it and she's into it as much as you are, I don't know what's more powerful than that, mm. quite honestly. So, I mean, yeah, we can but this, this thing. It's a lot, but it's very important yeah, for I, me I want to say something back to that you um, scenario, the way you... you um, so let's say the man and the woman, they're on the flat, okay, yes, mm-hmm. and over for drinks. Mm. But let's, like, maybe not the woman for start for in body yes, language. Initiate. Mm-hmm. And so, let's say um, she gave consent in a way for letting get sex. Really? But then the man now can't use the opportunity now for pulling deepest desires them. Like, let's say, make a video or do butt stuff. And that not go be rape because in, the woman not get consent for the thing in the end. I mean, clearly. So, me challenge that I have been having over time now, it's the language that we're using to describe. And then my understanding of rape and then within the legal context in Sierra Leone where penetration happened. So maybe we would find another name. I don't know if there has, I mean, the language of then things that they don't develop to a point that, or rape, the definition of rape has expanded to a point to include, you know, when objects are used on you or when they video you. But definitely at that point, you haven't consented. No, mm-hmm. say on even consent, on even get an understanding, say, you know what, we're going to take, I mean, drugs and then get, you know, get to a certain level and then engage. You have consented to that. If you bring Khan Kanela for Khan video and you two do not have an understanding of it, then that is obviously a violation mm. of your, of your, of yourself, of your agency, of your body. Yeah. And definitely, I don't know if that includes rape, but obviously it's some some form of a sexual violation. We, I I, I suspect say it's provided for in the Sexual Offences Act, twenty twelve and twenty nineteen. Oh. Uh, I don't know if Luz, you have something. Yeah, yeah I'm just um, thinking about this scenario. Okay, so both people are under the influence and they engage in um, sexual activity. Um, I think say, like. Well, if you try to figure out if sexual assault took place mm-hmm. for real, then it's a lot of situational evidence, isn't yeah. it? Because it, it, it will get for begin from the point to sound a meeting or something before you took her home. You know, I mean, I, I'm going to imagine, say, you know, like the. Yeah, 
Yeah, let's say, for example, it's a random person you met at a party. You actually had a good time. When I when I saying when I reached there, when I get clarity. And then when I all begin dancing, what's not. And then the drinking come on and whatnot. And then I decide to say, okay, we don't drink a bit. Okay, we need to go home. Do you want to go home with me? You know? Mm. So the one person taking company can go now. Let's say the woman asks. Do you want to go home? Okay. Do you want to go home with me? Mm-hmm. Right. And then I don't know who's who's gonna be driving. But you see how this very tricky because they have the one of them has the clarity to drive. Mm. So and let's the, say in the situation where they have a driver. <laughs> okay. But again, but again, talking about driving, you could still be intoxicated and be able to drive. Right. Let's just talk about driving. You could still be heavily. Um, on alcohol mm-hmm. and be able to drive. Yeah. Okay. Some people could drive easily to their house, even though sometimes I'm morning them go tell you, say, I don't even remember how I, did, how I drive. Mm. It is risky. You shouldn't be drinking and driving. Exactly. You should not be doing that. But there are people who have done it. <laughs> <laughs> there are people who have done it. So, let's say, still in that situation, someone had the clarity to drive and then they got home. Let's build this. Exactly. Yeah, build that for me. So, what, one so one uh, one of them get the um, clarity for drive. They got home, get the clarity for find your keys, mm-hmm. open the door. Um, maybe I don't know. Do not continue for dance or something before mm-hmm. now they reach in the bedroom and all that. Then okay, the thing that gets me is that if we're bringing in the idea of okay videos and mm-hmm. other objects and what's not, like you're going to have to set up the camera. You know what I mean? You got to find all these little buttons and all them things. And they, like, it's a lot of work for someone who is absolutely wasted. I don't drink yes. a lot, so I don't really know. Yeah. Well, in that, it, it just seems if you look like, at it that way, yes. Yeah, it just seems like a lot of work that's going into it. And Uda, Uda uh, um, able for stand up more during this entire time. Is one person absolutely wasted on the floor, cannot move, can barely open their eyes. And the other person is drunkenly setting up the camera. It looks, at, you know, it just looks very fishy, mm. you know. But at the same time, I do um, agree with you that it's extremely hard to prove. And like the best thing is don't even, don't even engage when you're both drinking. Yeah. Mm. And maybe something else that comes to mind when I think about this scenario, I'm thinking where in the man claims he's been violated. Law is saying that the woman I set up the camera. Mm-hmm. And even though initially he has consented to having sex with her from the body language, but then he did not want to have, I mean, mm-hmm. and not be watching the whole video stuff. And then the woman goes on to do that. And the man cries that the man says that he's been violated. Or not even like going on to video. Let's just say he didn't want to have sex. The woman went goes on to to sort of fuss herself. And you know how again manipulation could come in to say, well, you know, so serious man, me and they try for get sex with you and then you don't want. Mm. All of those manipulations could come in. And it's also wrong. And I also think that when we talk about rape culture, we also need to highlight the area then they say in a situation, even with women, wherein the man doesn't give you consent, you shouldn't engage in any activity. Okay. Okay, so um, um, this is a pop question. What are some common misconceptions about consent? One, two, quick, quick. Um, I would say 
you know, interrupting the sex to sort of to sort of say no to an act might spoil the mood would be a misconception because it's something you could just along the way you could communicate again to say I don't want and it's not supposed to spoil the mood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think another misconception that people that can get is that they think say where they don't get the consent from this person that's okay, they agree for being intimate with you. That means say you don't agree forever. <laughs> oh yeah. Or you know like any Terry one time then you you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or in a situation where you're married um, your wife suddenly becomes your sex slave or something. Now she has no say. She can't say no. She can't say I'm tired. She can't say, you know, tomorrow, anything yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And you see I'm saying as some kind of um, attack against your manhood or something. Yeah. You know you know what I mean? And sex supposed to be something intimate and loving, you know, uh, especially between people who are supposed to love each other. So if the person wants to be uh, um, in a sexual situation right now you just need for understand say okay okay i get it the person is not a machine okay it's not like she's not a tool to be used or he is not a tool to be used you understand you're not using this person you're being intimate together okay so i think certain kind of misconceptions in it okay. section four hmm. of the sexual offenses act of 2012 clearly 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 mm-hmm. provides for marital rape women say the fact that you're married to someone is not a defense to rape if you get sex with your partner we in all ones when he expressly said to you i don't want to engage whether expressly or otherwise but in be wants for engage in sexual activity with you it is rape it is rape. What I would say, I am not sure if this has been tested, but people should know that it is an offense in Sierra Leone. Okay, okay. Just, I mean, listeners then go gladly for Norlandi, audience go gladly for Norlandi. So, in this other one, is um, how we go support survivors there and hold perpetrators there accountable? in several cases of this because most of the people already um, be perpetrators of sexual assaults where they do I'm now big people them at this country. Most of them are men. We get influence, we sabi talk, we get money for put this in this in place. So how we go able for support survivors? They don't ever go can't talk say, ah this man be raped me. And at the end of the day the case not go well or there never be a case. And at the end of the day the Maybe community people like, or people like Sabi go count class the woman as liar, even though like she was gay. So I will go for um, support survivors there and hold perpetrators there accountable. I think so. One way, um, just like as as we don't begin for talk about, is this education. You understand if people um, know them rights, if they understand certain things and like these subjects of consent, they go know first of all when something goes wrong. Yes. Right. And then we really need for also um, arm the judiciary for deal with, with special cases of sexual assaults. Because um, not only when we get the clear court definitions and when we get like um, clear court understanding, that's all they're able for actually tackle the kind of cases there. So. And then we need spaces then 
for survivors. I don't know um, about the space. I know of Rainbow Center. Mm, you know, more initiative. I, I think so, yeah. But usually, I usually know it as Rainbow Center. I don't know if it's also called Rainbow Initiative. But um, I don't really know of any other centers, organizations where they particularly um, help victims in Sierra Leone. You understand? And I feel like um, centers like these, they're supposed to help these women with therapy and supposed to um, talk to them. Um, talk to them about the laws in Sierra Leone because everybody, the laymen, also needs to understand the law in Sierra Leone and where they can go for get the help that they need. You know, they need to understand certain things then and they need for for learn also how to stand up for themselves and how to talk and say, actually, that this I want and that this I don't want. Then kind of things in there. But uh, I don't know if you get <laughs> the kind of centers in there, so. Um, I only know of Rainbow Center, and I know say they help specifically like victims of sexual assaults, basically. I think, um, in addition, I would say, firstly, believe survivors, hmm. and it doesn't matter how long then they don't get this experience. It's difficult for Lebosin to come out. Someone says I have been sexually violated believe them you know begin they ask probing questions begin the cross-examiner begin the dissect and bisector because what you're doing you're causing the person to relieve the trauma uh-huh. and don't probe into what let them lead the conversation let them share and sometimes for survivors the justice we they want is hopes that you know the person we assault them would move on to 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 change to be you know to be a better person you know not everyone who has been violated sexually in the past wants them justice for look like then people there so go behind bars hmm. because quite honestly if every woman whether experience sexual assault or sexual violence say let all the I mean, let them go to prison. That is justice. This is our, the, the men that we love. This is our fathers. This is our brothers. These are the, the people we hold in high esteem. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, you know, that option shouldn't be there. They should. They should, full the, they should face the full length of the law. Mm-hmm. But sometimes for people, for some survivors, justice for them, not for Sissy. Then people there, so this person will be violating me, has become a better person. So when survivors, and when you meet them, people they will tell you, say, I don't want this person to go behind us. Believe them, that's really what they want. And at the end of the day, when you've had this experience, it is really how you want to go through your healing. Now, in need for be paramount. Do you want to go to the police and make a complaint, understanding again the context in which we're living in Sierra Leone. We sometimes even make that complaint. Day. Mm. It's very difficult for make you know, to have the, the kind of the kind of healing that you want. So it's basically when you're going through this, you're going to relieve a lot of them within seven day. But then you have to speak up about it if you want if you want for go through that day. Mm. While we're believing them and you're going through it, I think you also they also need to have the kind of support which I am going to now throw to maybe the judiciary or the government because now we get to one grand sexual offenses court. Mm. 
where they sit on these matters. We don't even have anyone like the provinces. So, so you have, it is heavily loaded, right? And it's also very important for make, you know, the people they would work with in that space, whether it's the prosecution, whether that the uh, police, the lawyers, the judges, they need to constantly go through trainings, constantly. And sometimes the challenge will be with the people that the police side, most of them are men, which I think we have more male judges. You know, things that women would see as violation, it's very difficult for me, you know, if you haven't had that experience, for you to be able to see it as a violation. The law may be there, but the law not spell out everything. Hmm. So constant training is another way that we could support survivors. I'll give those two things. Those are the first thing that, that comes to mind. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this is a question for my lawyer. <laughs> so um I was watching a series recently where inspired me to actually make this um um season yeah on center on rape. And in this season, in one episode, um the lady, the boyfriend we begin, they were boyfriend and girlfriend, right? But at the first time they have against sex, they they had on protection he had on a condom mm-hmm. but he moved it mid sex mm-hmm. and later on the the the, the, the woman know the, the man tell her say in before say the woman know say he don't pull her mm-hmm. you know but they want to make big, big deal of her but later on she was listening to a podcast and then they talk about Andy and then talk say that's rape like under British law like you remove the, the condom with doing sex it's rape so is that rape in again in this country? Is it part of the law? I think the actual term for it is stealth stealthy. Stealthing. Yes. Um I haven't from the top of my head, I haven't seen a law. It's very possible that it's 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 provided in the Sexual Offences Act. I would have to go through it, but so far I am not aware. I haven't read a section, you know. Off the top of my head, I cannot wear it's all stealthing. And I also think that one of the things that we should also be pushing for is expansion of a sexual offenses act. In itself, I mean there's so many offenses they will not even be slow and thinking about. Mm -hmm. Because we have such a normalized rape culture, you know, a lot of the violations then they will be faced. We don't even think we have to push it. Or even we have a push on to the law, you have, you know, family members. You, you just know how this thing is going, family. So emphasis has to be on, emphasis have to be on um, changing the mindset of people. If we get for the, really make a lot of progress, we have to change the mindset. But also legally, I, I think we, we lost the need for expand to, to sort of make provisions for, you know, a lot of the... A lot of things. Then, then yeah. things that so they come up now. Because this is evolving, you know, something... Now we know don't make space for forget a particular offense, or we know don't even, you know, the issue maybe the issue of forcing the take off condom way they get everybody, no, don't come up more. But you see, as we progress in this fight, mm. people then come with different experiences, and so legally we have to make provisions to sort of take consideration into all of that. Okay, so this is also part of Dandy. Um, so what I realized from that episode they were watched was that. A lot of people don't know when they are being raped. They don't know that I was assaulted. It's not assault or it's not violation. 
towards the human rights. So how we go able for like provide a much safer or educate people learn more or let people learn, educate themselves more on um this thing, especially like the this is the is the constitution available like easily available for let people read? Yeah, the constitution. The constitution is online. A lot of these laws are online, so you could easily make reference to to them. Um, the challenge would be sometimes that you go, you would meet people who have had a lot of sexual violation experiences, uh, but is having the courage to speak up. Mm. Just yesterday, I did read a post on Facebook about young um, people, barristers and young lawyers who were being sexually violated by senior practitioners, by judges, I think, if I, if I, if I, if I remember it correctly. And, and when you sit with women, they share their stories with you. But the challenge becomes who would want to sort of really come forward mm. because we see was it last year mm. where Margaret come forward to say this has been happening in Rukel Commercial Bank oh, we saw the yeah, backlash oh, yeah. we see the backlash we, we, I saw videos where you know they made it very political mm. people then come forward they made videos say you touch one you touch all we your descendants them you know things like that so what that does it is shut survivors them yeah so when you see that you don't you don't have to go through the cruel some process thing Mm -hmm. so it takes a lot of grace it takes a lot of courage to come forward for speak up to say i've had this experience and to say now this person because even the sexual predators they're all over the place we Mm -hmm. see them but then we sort of still make the conversations to 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 begin and remain in the bedroom within closed doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think another thing is that lots of people, lots of people think that um, sexual assaults are something we always violent, yeah. because when we talk yeah, about exactly. stealthing, for example, um, the woman don't know, and even after the facts. She might not. She might be confused in what just happened, mm-hmm. and now then from then on she'll have this fear. You know, whenever I want to engage in sex, she'll have this fear that this person go um, stealth. Myself done enough fear in ourselves. Exactly, because <laughs> yeah. it's a real thing that happens. I mean, maybe they read the article actually, the same article that you're talking about mm-hmm. in England, and you know, according to some of the studies that they made, it's actually a very common practice on top mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. So you don't know, <laughs> you know, that kind of things at the end. So the woman, she has consented to sexual pleasure. She did not consent to STDs. She did not consent yes. to unwanted pregnancies. Mm-hmm. You know, like exposure to so much and so much waking cause extreme trauma to her. So um, sexual assault, it, it don't necessarily mean like they beat the person and whatnot. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now there are small, small nuances there. So people like you overlook, especially in Sierra Leone. So as we round off, I want to ask one of this. Um, do you guys think or see consent to be viewed as a fundamental right? I think absolutely. Otherwise, we will need for a continuously deal with a lot of outrageous out um, crimes against women and children, especially. Definitely. 
it is a fundamental human right because you, you as a as a as a person as an individual as a human being you need for gay rights to your agency and you need to be in the center of that and be able to decide what should and should not happen with you well that's all for today's episode i hope this conversation has shed light on some of the complexities and nuances of consent and the ways in which societal attitudes and stereotypes can impact our understanding and response to instances of sexual assault thank you again to my audience for tuning in and remember that the conversation doesn't have to end here by continuing to educate ourselves and others, we can work towards creating a safer and more equitable world for everyone. And my guests, I'm so grateful for your interesting perspective on this topic, and I appreciate you for being here. Um, to everyone listening, please don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platforms. And don't forget to also share the link. For shout outs, send a screenshot of you listening to the podcast and tag us on social media at um, ontheedge.podcasts, our Instagram page. And until next week, tata. That's who I be. They can see me. Only me. Gotta wait, gotta wait. I gotta wait.